a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we look at things that are impacting society and community in particular, Generation Z is now the least religious generation yet, according to new research from the Survey Center on American Life. So let's look at what factors have driven young adults to pull away from religion. What's affecting them? How is that impacting them? Will they ever come back? And what is the ultimate impact on society and community? Daniel Cox is a senior fellow in polling and public opinion at the American Enterprise Institute and the director of the Survey Center on American Life. And he joins us now. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Uh, so let's start with kind of the, the top line. Uh, so what have we learned about Generation Z and the future of faith in America? Yeah, well, I think it's really interesting about how we all think about religious change and particularly how generations are maybe deciding uh, their religious futures when, in fact, uh, a lot of this is due to the environments in which uh, Gen Z and also millennials were raised. They were just raised in less religious homes, and there's a variety of reasons for that. But, you know, when we think about how much this is something that, you know, they are actively choosing to do versus something that, you know, they're experiencing as a part of how they grew up, um, I think tells kind of a, a different story. Yeah, I think it is a, a very interesting story. Uh, it's one that we've been trying to dig into a little bit. Uh, you mentioned uh, that uh, the parents of, of these millennials and Gen Z, you know, didn't encourage as much regular participation or formal worship. Uh, we had Dr. Uh, Ilana Horwitz from Tulane on a little bit ago, and, and she talked about the impact, uh, especially on uh, working class young men, uh, in in education, that they were far more likely to uh, not drop out and to go on uh, if they were raised in a religious environment. Uh, as you've seen that, as you have, you have done your polling and, and insight there, what have you seen in terms of impact of uh, this way, the way these uh, children have been raised with less encouragement, less participation in worship? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the big things, and it's, and it's been a ongoing uh, research interest for me and my colleagues is, is loneliness and, and social isolation. Yeah. Uh, we know that it's increasing. Americans have fewer close friends. We are less connected to our communities. We're seeing a lot of these declines in our social and civic life. And some of it, and a good part of it, is connected to our formative experiences. Um, one of the things that was really clear in this data that Generation Z is being raised really differently. We, we talked about 
they, they have less robust connections to religious activities, so going to church and, and saying prayer, uh, but they're also far less likely to have family meals growing up. Um, and it's not because parents are spending less time with their kids. They're actually spending, if anything, more time with their kids now than previous generations. And so what's happening, happening, particularly in middle class and upper middle class households, is parents are prioritizing a different set of activities. They're thinking about extracurricular activities, uh, dance and gymnastics and athletics, uh, art and music, and, and any way to give their kid an edge, whether it's in college admission or a future career. And that they're doing that in lieu of a lot of the social and community activities that we used to do, um, and also uh, being involved in a religious community. And I think some of this is a conscious choice uh, that's sort of responsive to a, a, a changing culture. Oh, I think that's fascinating, um, and I think the ramifications of that, I, I don't think we're fully even seeing yet. The loneliness component, I'm, I love that you pulled that part out, that isolation. Uh, you know, you, you may be with your parent in the car uh, driving two hours to a competitive soccer game or volleyball tournament, uh, but they're probably on their phones for uh, 98.5% of that drive mm-hmm. both ways. Uh, and so there's a lot of conversations that seem to be getting missed, uh, both between by not having that uh, that formal mealtime uh, kind of connection, and then of course that involvement in uh, in religious life. Exactly. So, so as you've seen it play out, um, and as you start to look at what should we be watching and monitoring, uh, will uh, will this group come back uh, to their religious uh, religious affiliations? Will they will they change? Will they go on to other things? Uh, what is your sense of that? Yeah, so our, our best sense now is that the pattern of, you know, religious disaffiliation uh, during, uh, you know, young adulthood and adolescence that we saw maybe among the baby boomers and then a kind of re-engagement after you get married and start a family, you know, settle down, maybe buy a house, that pattern uh, is not happening among millennials and Gen Z. You know, millennials, the oldest are now 40, 41 and they're starting families of their own, and they're not returning to religion in the same way that the previous generations did. But there's another wrinkle to this story, and that is Gen Z are, are the most likely generation to be raised outside religion altogether. Mm. So about one in seven members of the Gen Z generation uh, were never religious. And so it's an entirely different conversation uh, getting someone like that who has no experience with religion in any way, shape, or form uh, outside of some exposure through, you know, friends, friends perhaps, or popular culture, uh, to get them interested in uh, joining a religious uh, community than someone who has some experience growing up and then is coming back. And so there's a, an increasingly number of folks who just have no religious attachment at all. Mm. Man, that's fascinating. And then how are you seeing this play out in terms of community uh, and in particular social capital? It seems like the uh, connection points there uh, for social capital uh, tend to, to diminish a little bit as well. How are you seeing that? Yeah, in the picture's not great. And I, I don't want to be a, a pessimist here, but you know we've done some work over the over last summer. And what we found is a pretty dramatic decline in the number of close friends that Americans have. And this is particularly true for, for men and for people who are not attached to a religious community. And I think one of the, the downsides, um, particularly for, particularly for people who, who don't have that connection to religion and don't have a college education 
um, is there avenues for for creating community, um, for building a a building social capital, building social connections with people are really limited. We're seeing folks who have a college degree, whether it's the workplace, whether it's through through sort of private or, or paid memberships and like sports clubs and social clubs and that kind of thing, are able to build that that social infrastructure out. It's the folks without a degree who aren't attached to religion who are really suffering. Mm. What else are you seeing kind of beyond the, the headline numbers in terms of Gen Z and millennials uh, as it relates to religious affiliation and, and maybe some of that downstream impact? Yeah, so something else that's been a, a theme of my work is just trying to understand how the social context and the social environment influences a whole variety of our decisions and behaviors. We, we kind of like to think sometimes that you know, we make decisions based on solely on our, our own preferences and, you know, who we are and our, our personal experiences. But a lot of the decisions we make are also constrained by the people around us, the people we care about, um, the information that we get. Like, it's all influenced by, by our peers or our family members. And what we're seeing among the non-religious folks in the U.S. that is, that is new is there are increasingly uh, getting together, you know, forming relationships, marrying people who are also secular. So we're seeing more secular couples, more secular marriages, more secular families. And I think that's another reason why we're not seeing in this, this, this return to religion later in life is because people have created their own kind of built out these kind of secular communities that are just kind of detached from religion. Oh, fascinating stuff. Daniel Cox, Senior Fellow in Polling and Public Opinion at American Enterprise Institute and the Director of the Survey Center on American Life. Daniel, this is really uh, great work as always and appreciate your insight today. Thanks very much. All right. Uh, again, uh, I think that's uh, also, I think the social capital, the downstream components to all of this are really interesting to look at. And I don't think we're even beginning to see the ramification of of all of that. And it again, it's not about promoting a specific religion of, of any way, shape or form. Uh, but there are things that come through that process and, and those connections. Uh, and as Daniel pointed out, especially for those uh, in lower incomes that may not be able to create their own social capital connections uh, as they grow older, as they move on from college and into the workforce. Uh, and that's why we end up with a, a much more disconnected, much more isolated uh, individuals uh, in our societies and in our community. So a lot of very fascinating things as it relates to Gen Z uh, and millennials when it comes to religious affiliation. Always appreciate Daniel, Daniel's perspective there. A lot of important stories been going on. Obviously, I want to go to a couple that are sort of think again stuff as it relates to Russia and a few other topics. We're going to talk about what it means to you coming up next. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.